Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. want to keep everybody happy so stand up again for those of you who grew up in a catholic church to go up and down we just want you to feel at home it's great that there are no more labels in the world that there's one god many labels but we don't we we look to god not the labels so we're so glad if you're catholic nazarene methodist baptist episcopal whatever you are or whatever you've been it's going to be a good day say this is my bible i am what it says i am I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So glad you're here today. Kathy, good to see you back. Always good to see all of you. It's just just wonderful. I cannot, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is very difficult for me to say. But I am absolutely shocked at the number of people here with time change. So you must have got my message Wednesday night. <laughs> There's a funny story behind that. I, you know, Wednesday night, I do a, a Wednesday night call. And for any of you that want to be on that call, it's, a, it's a two minutes or less. It's just a midweek inspirational call. And, uh, you know, I, I just try to fire you up a little bit. And I got a little fired up Wednesday night about time change Sunday. Because, you know, people say, well, you know, I'm tired. And so I said, I want everybody to be here uh, on Sunday. And so uh, I, I, I was trying to get back to Oklahoma, and my flight was canceled Thursday. <laughs> I rebooked, you know, I, I, no problem Friday. I rebooked, canceled Friday. Thought, no problem, I still got Saturday. Got up Saturday morning, American Airlines flights canceled. And they said, we can't get you back until Monday the 14th. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So I got on another airline. And, and, and by the time, uh, by the time I, I got to the airport, it was already delayed 30 minutes and then an hour and then 45, which meant when I got to Houston, my other flight was taken off when I was landing. Now, this fits into the message today, talking about don't lose vision. And so I, I'm like, okay. Susan said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I, I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. And, and so here's what I did, and I feel kind of guilty about it, but not too guilty. I prayed that that flight would be delayed. And guess what? It was by hours, hours. I got home at 2 a.m., and I'm here. So anything I say today cannot and will not be held against me in the court of heaven. Yeah, I didn't want to tell the people on that flight last night, I'm the reason y'all suckers are getting in in Oklahoma City at 2 a.m. <laughs> but see, sometimes we, we just give up. We just quit. And that's how come I'm doing this series on the four don'ts to get what you want. We always tell people, here's what you need to do to, to get what you want. I want to tell you what you don't need to do. You don't need to lose vision. 
And sometimes when we get older in the faith and we get mature in God, we no longer act like, have that childlike faith. And, and, and Jesus said, unless you become like one of these little children, children believe. They, they have imagination. And, and they, they get creative in their thinking. And, and they, they believe for things that, that, that you as a parent go, I don't even know what to do because I know that ain't going to happen. But they think it's going to happen, and you do everything you can to try to make it happen, but you're a human. Let me tell you, when God says it's going to happen, he'll not only do everything he can, he'll do it and make it happen. But we have to keep the faith. The Bible says without faith, we can't please him. It's impossible. And and so what I'm going to talk about today is what you think, what you say will be what you do. The Lord is my shepherd, the Bible says, I shall not want. Actual translation Hebrew, I shall lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. And when you talk about acquiring what covenant promises have been given to us by God, religious people get really angry because the idea is I I can't expect too much of God. And, And so what we do is we oftentimes settle where we are, settle what, with what we're doing, what we have. And, and, and listen, I'm not trying to say that we get outside of God's will for our lives, but I'm just saying, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Or one translation says, have it to the full. God wants us to live an abundant life, a reflection of who he is. There's nothing worse to me than somebody who says they're a Christian and they're negative and doubtful and mean and cantankerous. Well, yeah, I'm going to heaven, but you know, it's hell getting there. I, I don't even want to be around that kind of Christian because what it says is we, we love God, but we don't really trust God. You see, to me, it's pretty easy to love God when you realize that he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. That's pretty easy. But to trust God, is, is, it's this it's experience of what, do I really, really trust him? Because to me, that's the most critical thing. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He'll then make your path straight. And so getting to that place where it's, God, I'm not going, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. You know, it, it, getting older is a funny thing, and some of you aren't older yet. You know, when, when I was young, there were no, you know, we, we, we had paper. You know, now we have, we have smartphones. Have you ever been on one of these apps where it asks your age? If you, I mean, it says before you sign up, you know, you got to give them the month, date, and year. I, I'm gonna, I, I want to start a movement that says, because I'm so old that now when I go on one of those, I'm like whipping it like this for five minutes trying to get to my year of birth. <laughs> it's like, I think they ought to put the old people age like 1930 or something. Yeah, you suckers born recently, you got to do this. But we're like, we're getting carpal tunnel trying to get to our year of birth. I'm just like, the other day I went, I, I don't even know if 19 is on there. I'm not about to slip up and give you that. And I didn't even get close. I just wanted you to think I did. And so what happens is we just, we just lose sight. And, and you get older. And, and about five years ago, I, I, had, I had monovision, so I, could, I, I had a contact to read with. But then over time, my distance started going. 
And, and at night when I'd be driving, I couldn't, dis- I couldn't tell lights and stuff. And, you know, this is what c- goes around, comes around. My dad used to say, we don't like to drive at night. And I said, you're just lazy. You don't want to come and see me. And then I got older. <laughs> and I decided I'm not going to allow myself to give in to not being able to see. And, and, and so what I did was I decided I'm, I, you know, I'm old enough to, to get cataract surgery. Now, some of y'all think that's really old, but if you're 30, you're starting to get cataracts. Well, that's a negative confession, but that's what the doctor told me. So I don't worry about it. Everybody has them. Some just get worse than others. Well, mine got bad enough to where I couldn't see, and now I can see you, and it scares me. <laughs> it was great preaching when I couldn't see your faces and the scowls and all of that, and now I see you, and i got, I got, I got to preach up now. But I had surgery on both of them. I got, I got perfect 20-20 vision right now. Thank you very little. And so anybody wants to, to see without glasses or contacts, go for it. It's wonderful. But what I'm saying is I decided I wanted to be able to see naturally, clearly with my eyes. That I, that I didn't want to miss out on anything. But you know what? I, I want that more for my spirit than I do my physical man. And that over time, I believe spiritually, we grow cataracts. We, our vision gets cloudy, and we begin to lose sight of the purpose of God. And the purposes of God never stop. Whatever you were born to do, that's what you were born to do. You can't make a big enough mistake for God to change His purpose in your life. Mankind will want to change it. You may want to change it, but God will never change it. I love Pastor Jesse. You know, he, he goes into prisons and, and he preaches to, to people who have made horrible errors in judgment. And maybe only one. And you've heard some of their stories. And just this morning, one of the ex-convicts was here. And she's a lady. And, and she got put in prison for shooting at a police officer. She had a shootout with a cop. Yeah, that's mosaic. <laughs> <clears throat> A bunch of broken pieces coming together to make a beautiful picture of God's creation. <clears throat> but she was here this morning and she drives an 18-wheeler. Imagine that. What's your wife do? Well, she shot at a cop and she drives a rig. I'm going to tell you, that's one woman you don't want to mess with right there. <laughs> so I'm always real nice to her when she shows up. But she chose not to give up just because she spent 17 years in prison. She didn't come out and say, well, nobody will want me. There's, I'll never have any success in life. I'll never be able to do anything. She came out and she stepped up and she said, I'm going to make something of the rest of my life. Folks, let me tell you, make something of the rest of your life. Don't lose vision just because you had a mistake. You slipped up. Don't stop. Because there's not one person in here that's going to be able to stand before Jesus and go, If we were back in the old days of CDs, that wouldn't have worked, but everything's visual now. To where you stand before God and you act like you've never made a mistake, that will cause you to lose vision. And I'm going to tell you this, number one, we're harder on ourselves than we are anybody else. I'm going to tell you, there's nobody that can dislike you more than you dislike you. When you make a mistake, you do something you regret, you forget who God is. You lose your vision. Well, I could never be that now because of, and then you go on to describe the many reasons 
that you can't be who you were called to be because of what you've done. You can be what you've been called to be because of what he did. And that never stops. The gifts and callings of God, the Bible says, are without repentance. They never stop. They're irrevocable. So if you want to get what you want, don't lose sight of who God is. Don't lose sight of who he is to you, what he's called you to do, what he's called you to be. Don't dislike yourself. You need to get up every morning and have a conversation with you. Now, you know, in the old days, they would say, if you're talking to yourself, you got mental illness. Can I tell you something? You've got it anyway. You were born with it. You are a fallen creature. All of us are. And, and you know what? I'm so thankful that we're talking about mental illness today. I'm so grateful because everybody in the world battles it. It's, I've never met a person who's not had the common cold. Some of you go, man, I haven't. Well, you had the flu then. You've been sick. And you know what? People get sick in their mind and their thinking, and, and they get d distorted. And, and, and that's why people do things. They, they forget. They get, their vision gets clouded. And you are convinced you will never see again. But let me tell you something. God is the one who restores sight to the blind. He restores hope to the hopeless and health to the sick. And when I say mental illness, please understand that people are, have been shamed throughout history for struggling in their mind, but all that is is a common cold in your brain. And it can be fixed. It can be repaired. God is a good God. And we never give up hope. I think about all the times I look back and, and Israel was given this promise to go into the promised land. They, God said, I'm going to take you to a place flowing with milk and honey. Now, why do you think God would tell them this is what this place looks like? With his words, he was painting a picture of the beauty of where he was going to send them, telling them all about it. Why? Because without a vision, the Bible says, my people perish. Where you can't see beyond your crisis, your adversity, when you can't see beyond that, you will be stuck in the place where you are. This is why vision is so important in the face of adversity, difficulty, a world filled with pandemic and, and possibly World War III and all that's going on. You have to keep your vision sharp. When Israel finally gets to the place where they could go spy out the land that God promised, one member from each tribe went in to go spy it out and look and see if it was everything God said it was going to be. They want, wanted to check it out. Now, most of you have heard this story, and some of you haven't. I don't want to assume that you have. But when the 12 spies go in, it, it, was, it was overwhelming. The, 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 the fruit, the vines, everything was just bigger than life. But the problem was, here was the problem. The grapes were so big they had to carry them on poles to get them back to the camp. But here was the big problem. Not only was the fruit bigger, the trees bigger, and everything else bigger, but the people were bigger. And the, and the report when it came back was from some of the spies that, that we are like grasshoppers in their sight. In other words, they're huge, we're small. They lost sight of who God was. They lost sight of the promise of God. God didn't say, look, let me tell you, if God would have said, look, there are going to be giants in the land, and they're going to really be scary people, 
So y'all need to really get ramped up and ready because it's going to be really rough. No, God didn't point out the bigness of the people or the negativity. He said, this is going to be a beautiful place for my people. You see, what happens is when God gives us a promise, we oftentimes lose sight of the promise and we start focusing on the problem and the giants that are before us to get to what God promised. And the challenge is this, that we begin to look at the the things about our lives we dislike and the things we've done wrong and why we don't deserve it and why we're not worthy of, of, of possessing what God said. And we get focused on us and our dislike for ourselves and our sin and our mistakes. And this is exactly what keeps you out of the place of your promise. You lose sight of who God is and what God has promised and you are focused on who you are and who you're not and what you've done and what you haven't done and before you know it you've talked yourself out of possessing the promises of God and religion says it's okay we're not in this world to get everything that God has for us well then Jesus died for nothing most people think Jesus was only a ticket to heaven instead of a ticket for heaven to come to earth. That's why he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And religion says, no, you just won. That's how come people that talk themselves out of being givers, they say, well, you know, I don't give to get. Well, then you're dumb. I know you're not supposed to say that, but I did. Because the Bible promised if you'll give, it'll be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You want to get out of your financial mess? Be a giver. Don't be a beggar. You were not born to be a beggar. You're the child of a king. Quit begging and start giving and start declaring and start professing. This is what God's going to do for me. Now, when I preach this way, I will irritate every spiritual demon near you. But the reality is religion wants to keep you in a little box and so God can be a little God. His name is spelled with capital G all the time. It's not a little G God in a little bitty box. He's a big G God and he's out of the box. You want something from God, it better be big because he's a big God. Yeah, 12 spies go in. They were all told the same thing. This is a land flowing with milk and honey. This is a beautiful place I've reserved just for you. It's yours. But 10 of the 12 spies could not comprehend the majesty of God. They couldn't comprehend the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the massiveness of what God had for them. They couldn't comprehend it. They lost their vision. They lost sight. They began to look at everything around them instead of the God that was with them. Adversity is simply an opportunity to prove God to be God. Without any adversity, you have nothing to overcome in a world that says, you know what? You've had it made in the shade. It's been easy for you. In Christianity, what we say is it hasn't been easy, but greater is God in me than the adversity before me. Everyone in here today is facing something. There's not one person in here today that's not facing something. 
We put on the face. We put on. But here's the reality. In the face of your adversity, in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your difficulty, do not lose the promises of God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Greater am I in you than all that's going on in the world. I promise to never get, let, let you go. If you'll obey me and you'll walk with me, you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the country, you'll be blessed coming in, you'll be blessed going out, you'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Though your enemies come at you from one direction, they'll flee in seven. In other words, if you'll stay focused and have vision, you will not lack one good thing. You need to look in the mirror every day and say, no weapon formed against me is ever going to prosper. I may hit some speed bumps. I may face some mountains, but I'm not going to let my mountain talk to me. I'm going to talk to my mountain and say, move, be cast into the sea, and you declare it. But the minute you start saying it, and you say it around anybody that looks and says, you know, things are going to get worse before they get better, I don't care what they get. I just know that better awaits me. I know that the goodness of God awaits me. I know that the greatness of God awaits me. Things may look dark right now, but I'm telling you, mercy's coming tomorrow morning. Yeah. To fight through things. I didn't plan on being here six years. When I came back to Oklahoma, I thought, well, I'll just come back and repent and apologize and I'll go live on the beach. That sounded like a whole lot better deal to me than Tornado Alley. Yeah, you live here, you should be people of faith. You never know where those suckers are coming from and where they're going. But 10 spies came back. The fruit was amazing. Everything they saw was incredible. But 10 of them could not see the promise of God. They saw the problems of man and said they're bigger than us. We're grasshoppers in their sight. And they began to talk about the obstacles instead of the opportunity, instead of the promise. See, religion says don't put any mandates on God. Can I tell you something today? When you quote God's word and you tell God what he said, you're not being disrespectful to God. You're being honoring of God. You're saying, God, you're the one that put this covenant in place. I didn't. So if there's a problem here, that problem falls on you because you're the one that told me you would do this. You say, I don't talk to God that way. You think about it that way. Everybody has thoughts like, God, where are you? What are you up to? Why aren't you here? Why haven't you done anything yet? You know why? Because God wants you to be so full of faith that nothing can stop you from the vision and purpose of God that you were born to live in. Nothing. God is going to bring things to you that you're not looking for. Israel didn't know what to do without the, the, the blueprint of God. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know what to do. They just said, okay, God. He said, here's what I want you to do. They faced the Red Sea with Egypt behind them. What would you do? What would I do? What would we do? Would we have said, okay, look, let's just throw up our arms. Egypt's got us behind we had a red sea in front of us it's impassable impossible there's no way we can get across it but there were some people of faith that said you know what i'd rather drown than go back to living the way i was living 
I'm going to go across. We're going to get to that place. They had a vision in their mind, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's what caused them to cross the Red Sea. And then they get to the, you know, can you see Israel going, wow, well, I'm glad that's over. Can I tell you something? It's never over until you draw your last breath. You will face Red Seas and Jordans and Jerichos the rest of your life. You need to start saying, I can't wait for the next Jericho. Because when I get to that Jericho, and it's, it's a fortified, it's a fortress of a city, and it's standing, it's the last thing standing between me and the promise of God, you better not lose heart and you better not lose vision. Because let me tell you, those walls will collapse when you start walking around them and giving praise to God before they ever fall. And the people on the wall before the fall are criticizing. Look at those stupid Israelites down there. They, already, they don't have any weapons. They've been marching around this wall for seven days, singing and praising their God. Little did they know, they praised themselves right into a victory. When you start going through something, don't start getting mad at God and critical and fearful. You lift your voice and you lift your hands and you say, God, this wall's got to fall. I give you glory ahead of time. You don't give it after, you give it before. People will think you're crazy. It takes some time. I'm so thankful for this building and everything that God has done here. And You know, we, we endured the pandemic Thousands and thousands and thousands of churches closed during that period of time. And I'm not boasting. I'm, I'm, I'm saddened. But I believed God. I tried for three weeks. I went to banks after banks after banks to try to get government money. Now, I'm going to be a little tacky here. And this is only for those of you who are first-time guests. The rest of you know I am tacky regularly. I have one amen on the tackiness. <laughs> but after three weeks, I felt the Spirit of God speak to me. And he said, why are you depending on the government to do what I can do far better? Again, I have many friends who, who, who got the money, and I, I, am, I have no judgment. But for me, God was saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to believe me. I want you to know that I'm going to take this wall down. And, and so for two months, we had no meeting physically here. And, and I, I really began for the first time to realize, and I, I, it's a little embarrassing to say, that I realized I had not trusted God for most of my life. I had worked hard. I had done and obeyed God, and I had bullied my way through as much as I could. But this was one moment where I said, God, if you want to close the doors of Mosaic, close the doors of Mosaic. And I'm fine with whatever you want to do, but I am not going to lose sight and vision. And today, I not only believe that this building will be filled multiple times, but God's going to bring us a building out of nowhere that we are not looking for, but he already has, and it's looking for us. And there will be at least a dozen people online and a couple dozen here think I'm crazy. But why are you going to have something you don't believe in? If God says he will do it, he will do it. We cannot let go and lose vision.
because without a vision, we perish. We lose what Israel was about to lose. And finally, listen to this very carefully. Ten out of the 12 spies began to give a negative report. We can't possibly do this. We're grasshoppers in their sight. They're huge. We're not. And, and they could see with their physical eyes, but they had lost their spiritual vision. They had lost their spiritual vision. Church, let me say this to you. What you see with these eyes is not near as important as what you see with these eyes. I see God moving mountains. I see God doing miracles. I see people being healed. I see families being restored. I see hope coming back. I see light in the midst of darkness. I see it. And there will always be people who will judge you. And notice this, in the Bible, it wasn't the lost people that didn't believe Jesus. It was the Pharisee, the Sadducee, the Zealots. The religious people criticized Jesus because they had already created their own box of worship, their own box of faith, their own box. And Jesus said, I will not be boxed. But there were little people like Zacchaeus who said, you know what? I've heard about this man. He was a thief. He was a swindler. And he said, I've heard about this man. So he climbs a tree just to see who this Jesus was. He was so intrigued by what he had heard. He said, the promises and the things I've heard, I want to know. He, they could have said, Zacchaeus, come down. Don't be a fool. Everybody's watching you, you little munchkin. Wee little Zacchaeus. Couldn't see, so he climbs a tree. There's a woman that spent all of her money, years and years, all of her money, trying to, to stop the bleeding. She's bleeding out. She's going to die. If I can just get to Jesus. If I can just get to She didn't lose vision. She didn't lose hope. She just said, I will go through the crowds that tell me, get away from him. She pressed through the crowds because she had a need. And she said, if I can just touch a fragment... Just a fragment, just a, the hem of his garment. I know I will be healed. She had vision. Physically, everything looked terrible. She's bleeding out. Nobody wants to be around her. She's broke, busted, and disgusted. But she says, I can get to Jesus if I can just get to him. How many people criticize if I just get to church? You know what most people do when they go through chaos? They avoid God. They avoid worship. They avoid church. They quit obeying God. And then when God does nothing, they blame God. When you walk out, God is a gentleman. God is not going to make you be somebody that you refuse to be. You have to want it. You have to desire it. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What do you desire? Have you articulated that lately? Have you communicated that lately? Have you said that lately? Every now and then I find myself in this constant battle. And I have nights and days where I'm going, God, I don't want to think this way. And you know how I overcome that thinking? I begin to say his word out loud. I know the plans you have for me, God. Plans to prosper me, not harm me. Plans to give me a hope and a future. Whatsoever things I ask in your name, you said you would do it that the Father would be glorified in the Son. My latter years will be greater than my former years. 
when the thief is caught stealing, the Bible says he has to pay back seven times. I go down scriptures of saying this is how it's going to be. Ten spies come back and say, we can't do it. And they start yapping. And there was one voice. We could give him a name. We could call him. But one voice. And they called him Caleb that says he silenced the crowd. Why? Because anything that contradicts this contradicts God. And if God says, this is what I'm going to do, you need to raise this up and say, God, this is what you said. He said, call me into remembrance of my word. If God says he's going to do something, he is a God and he's not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. You say, well, I've been believing for 10 years. Go another 10. As long as you have breath, believe God. Don't give up. Don't quit. No man can stop the purpose of God. No man can stop the will of God in your life. They might delay it. They might push the pause button, but they don't have access to the stop button. You are the only one that can stop you. Thank you. We got one in here. Hallelujah. adamant about this because I know we didn't look for this building I got a call and asked if we would rent this building six well you know five years ago five and a half and guess what there's another building out there only this time it won't be leased to us we will own it Amen. pastor pastor thank you for such an uplifting message It's not an uplifting message. It's a message of war. How bad do you want what you know God has promised? How bad? How big is your want to? Caleb said, I've been doing this a long. Hey, he was 85 years old. He looked and said, I am as strong now as I was when I was 40 Give me the land. He didn't say, oh, Jesus. Of course, he wouldn't have been talking about Jesus at that time. So, he, oh, God, do you think maybe, just maybe, you could help me out here? I'll be good. Basically, in today's vernacular, he would have said, shut up, you whining ten tribes. Go home. That's more for us. And see, now some of you are going, well, that just sounds a little greedy to me. You don't want people in your foxhole who are afraid of getting shot at, criticized. You don't want people there. You want people in your foxhole to say, come hell or high water, we're going to get everything that God wants us to have. And we're not going to quit until we die. And then after we die, I got everything I want and then some. Like I said, try to scare a Christian with heaven. Well, I might die. Oh, that would be horrible. No more bills, no more adversity, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more disease. Bring that sucker on. I mean, when people say you have a death wish, I really do. 
I really do. When this is all said and done, I'm not in control. God is. But I have a death wish going, man, I cannot wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to be in heaven. He is, my mansion is so big, he's still building it. See, and when somebody preaches this way, you kind of go, it resonates with who God created you to be. It doesn't resonate with who you think you are. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. You know what? You were adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are a child of God, a son, a daughter of the King Most High. Why try to live like a pauper when Mephibosheth was brought to David's kingdom? See, back in the days of Israel, when one king died, they killed his whole family because they knew that his family was heir to the throne. So they killed everybody so that nobody could take over. Mephibosheth escaped barely by a maidservant who carried him, broke both of his legs. And everybody in Saul's family was dead except Mephibosheth, and he was in hiding. And David, is there anybody in Saul's family that I can show kindness to? And somebody said, we think Mephibosheth is still alive. They find him. He comes into David's house, and he thinks David's going to kill him. But David said, today, from now on, you will eat at the king's table. Don't think that you have anything to worry about. You're not going to die. I'm going to lift you up that's what God wants to do draw you to his table from now on you eat at the king's table don't lose sight no matter what you've been through do not lose sight of God's purpose in your life I'm going to be just like Caleb and it's going to irritate people 85 years old i'm still going to be doing everything until i die i'm going to do everything for god well you know we're getting older stop you're getting smarter you're getting wiser don't quit the only thing that will keep the promises of god from you is is for you to quit believing in the promises of god that are for you None of us deserve what we're getting. I'm so thankful God is not fair. Fair would mean we'd all go to hell and we'd live a hell life on earth. That would be fair. But God's not fair. He's a loving, merciful, promising God. He's a blesser. That's what we'd say from the west side, blesser. Not a blessor. Where I come from, God's a blesser, and God wants to bless you, and you have a role to play in that. Don't lose sight of it. The promises of God are before you. Will you walk into those promises? Look, I've been through hell and back more times than I can count in my life. Most of it created by me. I'd be great if it was somebody else's fault. Well, God, it wasn't my fault. Oh, come on. We all have faults. We all have flaws. We've all made mistakes. We've all done wrong things. But when I look, read the Bible, I'm thinking, man, I look at God going, Peter cut off somebody's ear. I've never cut off anybody's ear. I've wanted to. I guess that counts. But let me tell you something. Anybody else's opinion of you does not matter. 
Only God's opinion of you and your opinion of God is all that matters. It'd be easy to quit. Quitting's easy. People do it every day by the thousands, tens of thousands, if not millions. People quit every day. When adversity comes, cling to the hem of his garment. And the Bible says when she touched it, even though the crowds were surrounding Jesus and bumping into him and hitting him, all of a sudden Jesus stops and freaks the disciples out. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples are looking around going, what? You're being knocked around and bumped into. Jesus said, I felt virtue. From the pool of faith on that woman, I felt virtue leave my body. How bad do you want Jesus? How bad do you want to be healed? How bad do you want the promises of God? I want them. If it means that I have nobody but him, I want them. And let me tell you why. A world is looking for a Jesus who's alive. Not a symbol. Not an emblem. They're looking for a Jesus who is alive. And I mean no disrespect here. But some people look and say, where's the cross in your church? I don't worship the cross. I worship the Jesus who died on that cross. I know it's a symbol of victory, and I love the cross, but I love the Jesus of the cross, the living Jesus, the living Jesus, the breathing Jesus. And I love the cross with everything in me, but we get hung up on the name outside the building, the symbols inside the building, the objects, the lights, the cameras, when in reality all this is is an introduction to a living God. Who gave his only begotten son. That's what this is about. I want you to join with me in vision. Believing God. That he will do something that the world will stand up and pay attention to. You know it's easy to believe that when somebody's lived a perfect life. That God would bless them. But when someone who's made a mess of their life. Like David, Peter, Elijah, Elisha. Anybody who's had any encounter. Judas. That's another whole sermon. People say, well, you know, that's a Judas in the camp. Where would we be today if Jesus had not, if Judas had not betrayed Jesus? It's just a thought. I'm giving you something to go home with. Jesus, Judas played a role in you and I being saved by turning Jesus over to be crucified. I could go off on a tangent there. But we criticize things we know nothing about, little about. There are purposes in life that we cannot explain why things happen the way they happen. But I am convinced of this. Every adversity I will ever go through was allowed by God. You see, in school, you learn lessons and take tests. It's quite the opposite in life. In life, you take tests to learn lessons. And so if you're being tested... There's a lesson after the test, and you need to determine what that lesson is. And what I have determined is this, that as long as I have breath, I will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. If nobody likes it or everybody likes it, it doesn't matter. This is my purpose and my destiny. You have a purpose and destiny that you yourself have disqualified you from. God has never done that, and he never will.
He didn't wake up one day and go, I didn't know that would happen. Seriously? You think God doesn't know every detail of our lives? He knows every detail, and yet he continues to believe in us, and he believes in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being a merciful, gracious, kind, loving, forgiving God. Lord, there are visions in this house individually, and there is a corporate vision, which is why we gather together as a church body. We believe, God, that your son can change and soften the hardest heart, light up the darkest night, heal the greatest hurt, if we will just believe in your promises, that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, that, Lord, you can take a blind person and give them sight. You can take a person bleeding out and stop the hemorrhaging. I pray for the hurting today, God. I pray, pray, God, for strength in this time of weakness, for light in this time of darkness, for hope in a season of hopelessness. We bind the spirit of fear because you didn't give it to us. And I declare we are going from glory to glory. And God, this moment that seems so critical to us, we will look back on and go, that moment defined me. It made me who I am today. I beat it. We beat it. You beat it, God. And here we are. We're still standing and we will not fall and stay down. We will get up. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we always want to pray a prayer to give people an opportunity to know Jesus Christ. So I want to ask all of you to pray this prayer with me, those of you watching online, those in here, pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for loving me, for giving your life for me for dying for my sins. I repent today, God, and I give you my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, either online or here, I'm going to ask you just to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Listen to me. We have yet to see the greatest moments of God in our lifetime. You say, why do I believe that? It's just as easy for me to believe that as you're going to have a horrible life. And I happen to believe that the Bible is true. And I happen to believe that if we will stand on the Word of God, the Word of God will work in our lives. Stand strong. Text the word saved, 405-513-10, if you just, just chose Jesus to be in your life. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.